Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or good whatever it is, whatever time it is, wherever you are. Can't even say that bit right, so that's started well, hasn't it? But I'm not going to edit it, I'm going to carry on. This is Elk Sheffield Podcast episode, I think 41, maybe 42, no one cares anymore, but we'll carry on anyway. We've got a guest um, this week, this month, and we're going to talk to Pippa. Pippa, introduce yourself, what brings you to the Help Sheffield Podcast? Hi, I'm Pippa. I've been a Sheffield resident for 12 years now and I work for a small local charity called Sheffield MEE and Fibromyalgia Group. So I wanted to come on the podcast today after our lovely elf here has supported the charity by retweeting us um, and helping us spread the word of the things we do in the city. So yeah, I'd like to come and talk a bit more about what we do, what we offer, who we support and why I'm involved with this charity. Okay, I'll take you back a step, probably explain to some people who may not know what ME and fibromyalgia are. Of course. Right, so this charity, we support three chronic illnesses, actually. We recently started supporting long COVID as well. So ME, also known as chronic fatigue syndrome sometimes, is a chronic, invisible multi-systemic neurological illness as defined by the World Health Organization and this status has been recognized by the NHS and NICE clinical guidelines in the UK. So it's had a rather complex past in terms of how it's been viewed by researchers, uh, medical establishments and the press who have often given it pejorative terms like yuppie flu Whereas the research indicates that this is a very real physiological illness that affects the whole of the body and can be severely debilitating and disabling. Quality of life studies have found that the level of impact on functionality and person's quality of life can be as severe and profound as MS, kidney disease and cancers. And the amount of funding going into research this illness is a fraction of the amount. It was only in the last nine months that it was recognised by the NICE clinical guidelines in this country that you couldn't cure this with CBT talking therapy. So it's a very complex illness. And one of the things that makes it remarkable is a symptom called post-exertional malaise. Now, this is a very specific thing that you don't really get in any other illnesses. And it means that if you exert yourself, you get worse, you get more ill. So typically what has been recommended for people with chronic fatigue is increasing your activity levels. Because in most people whose metabolisms and central nervous system works correctly, that's helpful. In people with ME, that makes the illness worse and it can deteriorate the condition. It's estimated that uh, 265,000 people in this country alone suffer from ME and of those 25% are severely affected which means they are housebound or bedbound and many of the people who are bedbound can't tolerate light or sound and it's a horrible horrible existence that has been denied and gaslit by the medical establishment for decades now. So that's ME. There are many (laughs) symptoms about which I could talk for a long time, but in the last nine months or so, there has been 
some massive progress in this country in recognizing the status of this illness, how profoundly it, it affects people. And we think that a lot of this might be because of the massive wave of long COVID, which is affecting people. So long COVID is any long-term complications from an infection with uh, the coronavirus. And this can even be from an asymptomatic infection. There does not seem to be a massive correlation between the severity of the initial infection and whether or not people then go on to develop long-term symptoms. So there's, there's something else going on which the research doesn't understand yet. And long COVID presents in a number of different ways but there's a large chunk of it that presents identically to ME-CFS. Okay. And ME, typically speaking, not in all cases, but in most cases, is thought to be triggered by a viral infection and is part of a group of post-viral syndromes. So it kind of makes sense that some people are coming out of COVID and are then developing ME. So as a result, as a charity, we've elected to support people with long COVID as well. And we're very keen to reach out to people in the community in Sheffield, South Yorkshire, North Derbyshire, who have been affected. And we know that there's up to two million people in the country who are affected with long COVID, which means highly likely to be 15,000 people in the Sheffield area alone. OK, so, so how, does, how does fibromyalgia differ mm-hmm. So fibromyalgia is is often considered a a sibling of ME in that it's part of a, you know, a cluster of illnesses that affect the whole body, but they don't necessarily show up on your typical array of diagnostic tests that your doctor will send you for and may well be triggered by similar factors. So fibromyalgia is a chronic widespread pain condition. So it means that a person will have long term, so for a number of months and on, of pain that can be any part of their body and typically isn't restricted to one side or one quadrant of their body. This can be burning pains, aching pains. It can be tingling, numbness. It can be a stabbing pain and it can be debilitating in severity and often comes with heavy fatigue and a phenomenon known as fibrofog. So the way it affects the nervous system or perhaps the level of fatigue it gives you, it can impair your cognition and means you struggle with word finding, you struggle with concentration, you struggle with anything that you or I might take for granted. And we see a similar thing in ME as well, brain fog, and it's really quite a characteristic symptom. And a lot of people with long COVID are now experiencing this too. And it can be really quite distressing for people to live with this invisible condition that is really impairing. So what can you tell us about the charity? When did it begin? How did you get involved? Right. What does it do? Well, I'm delighted to say that this is our 20th anniversary year. So the charity was set up originally in the 90s as a peer support group. And they discovered that there's you know, sufficient need in the Sheffield region for some real structured support. So 20 years ago this year, they became a registered charity. They're not a subsidiary of any national groups. They're an independent local charity. 
They offer a variety of support and services from activities in person on, and online to increase well-being and increase social interaction for people that can be very isolated. These could be arts and crafts or mindfulness for well-being or cooking workshops. They will also offer some benefits and social care advice because it can be very difficult for people with these misunderstood conditions to access the benefits and social care support that they are entitled to and desperately need in many cases. We offer uh, information signposting about resources that are out there. We have a forum online for members, private members Facebook group whereby people can give peer support to each other because often that can be a, a point of solidarity and understanding. And we have a quarterly printed magazine, which is always chock full of articles and in, in, information about upcoming activities. And we have in-person meetups. And at the end of this summer, at the end of September, we have the Winter Gardens booked out for two weeks to host an anniversary art exhibition displaying creations from our members that express their experiences of these illnesses. And I'm really looking forward to that. <laughs> Sounds splendid. It all began 20 plus years ago. So it started as a support group, then became a charity. Where can people find you is one of the things that I think people will need to know. The most important question. Uh, so you can find our website at www.com sheffieldmegroup.co.uk you can find us on twitter at sheffieldmefm and you can find us on facebook at sheffieldme and fibromyalgia group from there you'll be able to follow various links to find our youtube channel with previous recorded talks from international expert scientists more specialized support groups for uh long covid and so on yeah we would be delighted to to have you now we do charge for membership it's 12 pounds a year to access things like our benefit service our activities but we offer information signposting to everyone that's really available are you going to add long COVID to the title of your charity? I know it's quite a long name charity already. <laughs> I'm just wondering if, if, if people aren't aware of that fact when they just see your name. I'm just wondering where you can mm. squeeze that in somewhere. I uh, am a relatively new addition to the charity myself. I believe the decision was made not to include it because it is already quite a cumbersome name. Yeah. But who knows what's going to happen in the future and what decisions are going to be made depending on what the people of Sheffield need. I don't think they know. The people of Sheffield don't know what they need. That's why they need, <laughs> that's why they need help. So the two questions that I said at the start that I would ask you were, what mm -hmm. can Sheffield do to help you? So as you've told us pretty much what you can do to help Sheffield or certain mm -hmm. members of it, but what can Sheffield do to help you? What are you looking for, maybe? I think what I would personally love is if you could spread the word to anyone who's experiencing long-term symptoms of covid that there is help out there, that there is a charity specifically for Sheffield that has support and information and activities specifically for people with long COVID and other associated illnesses. So tell your friends if, yeah, have, if they've had... <laughs> I'm using the plural <laughs> generic view. <laughs> I wouldn't want to make assumptions. So tell your friends if they have any 
long-term complications from COVID, or if they've been dealing with chronic pain or chronic fatigue for a long time, and they've been suffering on their own, suffering in silence, and they think there's nothing out there, just let them know that we're here. I suppose if you if you are bed bound or similar, uh, do you mm-hmm. do meetings via Zoom or something these days? Have you started all yes. that business? We try to offer a mix of online and in-person activities. So some of them will be entirely online to make them um, more accessible for people who are restricted in their mobility and what they can do. And we also offer in-person activities um, because we recognise how good for the well-being it can be to get out and see people face to face for people who are able to do so. We're very shortly launching a programme of forest bathing, which is a mindfulness well-being activity involving being close to nature. And we've been able to find a way to deliver this both in person in an accessible location that people can use mobility scooters to get to. And also we're having online sessions, which will be a more mindful meditation focusing on whatever small bit of nature you can bring into your home or see out of your window. Lots of plants. Yeah, precisely. Or (laughs) even a bowl of water and how it feels around the fingers or a a leaf or the swaying tree outside. So we try very hard to tailor our activities to be as accessible as we can to a wide uh, variety of members because we know that no one individual thing will be suitable for everyone because of how broadly these conditions can affect people. Just on a little side issue to that, mm-hmm. I know that S and 4Cs in Sheffield are currently looking for people to do their neighbourhood meet-up scheme. It's usually for older people, but if anyone wants to look them up, they're, they're SCCC. See, yeah. online, just I thought about it. It was on Radio Sheffield this morning, so I thought I'd throw that in there while I could. Yeah, good promotion. S4C, wonderful charity that do a lot of great work with older people in Sheffield. I thought about doing it, but I can't remember why I didn't. There was something that I started the process and didn't get any further. I can't remember why. <laughs> I'll have to revisit that. Okay, thank you, Pippa. Is there anything else you'd like to add? I don't know if I, I don't know if you want me to feed you more questions, or you just got things <laughs> that are going around your head, or that you just. I mean, I guess I'd like to say a little bit about me. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I myself have ME and fibromyalgia. And this role with this charity that I've been doing for a few months now is the first time I've been able to work in over a decade because of how ill this illness made me. Using pacing strategies, uh, as recommended by the major ME organisations and the ME clinic in Sheffield, I was able to build myself to a place of stability where I could finally take on a little bit so I'm working part-time and I'm working flexibly and that's helpful for me that I've got <laughs> employers who understand what I'm living with be um, a bit rubbish if they didn't <laughs> <laughs> one would hope so right but having that kind of flexibility of being able to work from home um, of being able to you know choose your hours depending on your when you're well or not is a massive thing that employers can do to uh, increase how accessible they are as an employer for disabled people and chronically ill people and I'm benefiting from that right now it's a big challenge stepping back into the workplace after so long out of it and I get scared a lot because (laughs) It's been a long time. <laughs> oh, even for the rest yeah. of us, it's been over two years since most of us have done anything yeah. pretty much face-to-face. So <laughs> uh, we've all, all sampled it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm doing my best and I'm enjoying the fact that I'm 
able to do something for my own community. And I'm really looking forward to where this summer's programme of activities is going to bring us um, to the culmination at our exhibition at the end of September. Does being interviewed by an elf count as work? Oh, definitely. I'm on the clock right now. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> oh, it's all right to sell. I'm just, I'm just waiting to get to the pub, but that's, that's another story. Um, <laughs> You mentioned in there the ME clinic. Please tell us what mm -hmm. that is. I've never come across So this. Sheffield is fortunate enough to have a specialised NHS ME clinic, which is uh, based at the Michael Carlisle Centre in Netheredge. Now, this is not affiliated to us as a charity. This is part okay. of the NHS. And what they can offer is sadly limited by the fact that there is no cure for these illnesses. There is no real proven treatments apart from this method known as pacing which is to do with working out what your safe energy window is in terms of how much you can exert yourself mentally physically emotionally and being sure to stay in that because it's when you go beyond that energy envelope that the symptoms worsen and the condition can deteriorate so that's something they support people with. Um, I'm not sure what else they currently support people with, but I know that they and Sheffield IAPT, which is Improving Access for Psychological Therapies, which is the first point of call for mental health support, they are both uh, working with the new NICE guidelines, which say you should not recommend graded exercise therapy for people with ME because it can make the illness more severe. And you should not offer CBT as a curative therapy, but as only as a support. So as a charity, we're really delighted to see that these two other sources of support for people with chronic illnesses in the city are following the guidelines so closely. I was like, Sheffield's doing something right. It'll surprise most people who listen to this podcast. <laughs> well, we're doing our best to work together, which is, I think, really important to support people who are more vulnerable. The more that these organisations, of which there are many of us, and Sheffield has some fantastic charities, the more that we can work together, the more effectively we can support people who need it. It's one of the things that I've been trying to push for for the entire time I've been doing the Help Sheffield thing, is people mm -hmm. collaborating. I don't know if I've got anything specific, but like the Twitter list that I've created, they're just full of... If I was a plumber, one of the first things I'd do if I joined Twitter would follow all the plumbers on the plumber list mm -hmm. to see how they're doing Twitter what work they're not able to do because they're too busy, et cetera, et cetera. And lots of collaboration in there that I don't think necessarily happens in any sphere in the entire city. Everyone seems to think that you've got to be against each other. Yeah. We are fortunate enough to have our offices in The Circle, which is Rockingham Lane, Sheffield. Fantastic building, which houses lots of charitable enterprises. It's the home of Voluntary Action Sheffield through whom you can find all sorts of volunteering opportunities in the city if you're interested in giving your time. And being in that building means we have links to already, you know, dozens of other organisations. And it feels like a very wholesome place to be. It's not round, though, is it? <laughs> the circle is not round. Every time I walk past it, I think you've got the circle on the front, but you're clearly a rectangular building. <laughs> it's spiritually a circle. It's about oh, okay. that togetherness. <laughs> okay, I, I knew I was missing something there. <laughs> Metaphorically speaking. Okay, the circle of life. All right, don't start singing at me. <laughs> you know one want that. Uh, that would, I don't get many listeners to my podcast as it is, but no one would want my singing. I think that really would kill it. Well, maybe um, it would increase the listenership. I don't know. That could be interesting. 
I've heard me. Trust me. <laughs> no. <laughs> right. I think that sort of brings us in on around about the time that we have available that we're trying mm. to um, not make this podcast as long as they once were. Sorry about that, listeners, if you enjoyed sitting in the bath for three days, but um, we are trying to make this a little bit shorter and a bit more accessible. So thank you very much, Pippa. And that is Pippa from the FE and Fibromyalgia Sheffield Charity. Pippa from the ME and Fibromyalgia Group oh. in Sheffield. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. No worries. Thank you very much.